And Jesus wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. It's Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith, and joining me, as always, is a man whose birth cry will be the sound of every phone on this planet ringing in unison. Mike DiCriccio. How you doing today, Mike? I am nowhere near as epic as that line. Uh, and for the second <laughs> week in a row, I'm sick. So this is fun. That Rec- is uh, unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, last week you were like just recovering from uh, your booster shot side effects. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you were, you were like sick-ish, but it was like, you know, for, from the shot. This time you're like actually sick. I'm just sick. Yeah. I woke up today and everything was like, what if hurt? So that's how I'm feeling. How, how are you today, Mike? I am good. I'm good, especially because uh, we are doing week number two of uh, the Guest Makes Mike Scream series, uh, where we're having different people come on every single week uh, for, uh, for October uh, to make us watch a different horror movie. This week, we had a crossover episode going on uh, from the Tommy Knockin' podcast. Uh, returning guest, Charlie McCorn, and first-timer, Eliza Stormborn. Welcome, guys. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Thank you. Hello, yes. hello. Hello. How are you guys uh, doing today? What's been going on? You know, just... Uh like yourself, getting ready for Montana Film Festival. Uh, sure. You know, millennial ennui, waiting for the end yep. of times, you know, fearing <laughs> computers. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just chilling here down in Texas, 20 more days, and I'll be up in Montana. So, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I heard you were moving back to Missoula. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited, and we're excited to be here. Big yes. fan of crossovers. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, we were at, uh, you guys were both at uh, the Camp Horror Film Festival uh, here in Missoula, uh, and you guys did a live Tommy knock in there. Uh, Mike and I were both in the audience, had a great time. You know, we were all Gary together. It was a glorious, <laughs> a glorious you, thing. Mike D, Mike, yes, Mike D changed his, uh, his name on the thing. I don't know if you guys noticed. I, I threw I it on that. there. I saw that. <laughs> it, it makes my heart flutter every time someone says that. <laughs> Hi, Gary. Uh, so, hello. I think we I think we missed an opportunity in the the official Tommy and boyfriend vote to include Pierce Brosnan in that. I'm just going to go on record and say <laughs> this Possibly, changed my yeah. mind for that exactly. He's so fucking sexy in this movie. He's he's oh very God. good. I don't know. Personally, what I liked was definitely uh, Dean Norris doing a Pierce Brosnan impression. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was that was it for me. That did it for me. That was. That was so good. That was so good. Uh, so obviously what we're alluding to right now is that uh, the movie you guys came on to talk with us about today is uh, The Lawnmower Man from 1992, directed by Brett Leonard. And so a little bit of, of a background here. You guys should probably explain what your podcast is before we get into this. Uh, Tommy Knockin' Podcast, for those who don't know, give us the sales pitch. So we're basically the world's shittiest book club, and it's all Stephen King based. Um, <laughs> if you're listening and you're a Stephen King fan, please come find us and join in the hive mind we love having more lovers you know how it goes <laughs> right now we are on our fifth season and we're going through sleeping beauties so we are beauty right. sleeping right so every single episode is like a different chapter in the next stephen king book that you guys are talking about. exactly yeah um right. it's, it's uh, a trip it started off as a joke or a prank on ourselves and <laughs> here they are here which are. is how like 90 percent of podcasts start to be fair yes <laughs> only the successful <laughs> ones yeah it'd be a great prank if we did this and then we're stuck yeah. doing it for years we started That's because it. this was when eliza was living in missoula the first the first way we were roommates and we, we were hanging out and there was just so many free hours of stephen King miniseries, TV miniseries available on YouTube. And we watched a <laughs> uh, part of the Tommy Knockers miniseries. Sure. And was so baffled to find out that the book it was based on was like the third highest selling book of the 1980s <laughs> or something. Like it was a monster hit book. And so uh, we kind of decided to, to prank each other and prank the internet to discuss it one chapter at a time. And here we are five seasons later. Yeah. <laughs> is the is the book any good? Just out of curiosity. No. no. Okay. <laughs> 
It is borderline incomprehensible. Interesting. I mean, that is 80 Stephen King, so that's like the peak of cocaine Stephen King. That was, I would say, peak is maybe the depths of that. (laughs) I think that was like his low, that book was his low point, I think, creatively. Okay, interesting. But uh, of course, it helped uh, spawn this podcast. So really, in the long run, (laughs) it was a success. It was a creative success. Oh, no, it's been great. It's been a huge learning experience and helped foster the friendship. And I don't know, every Gary is a new friend. I love it. Uh, and we're excited to be here. I had never seen Lawnmower Man before, and it is not even a little bit what I was expecting from the title. Yeah. Same, yes. same, and same. Yes. So that's the thing. So, of course, when we uh, you know kind of arranged this, and when you guys are going to be on the podcast, we were like, well, it's got to be a Stephen King movie. And I told Charlie, like, okay, I mean, usually when we have like a guest makes Mike watch, uh, you know, it's, it's usually something that me and Mike haven't seen before. Like, the guest tries to make us watch something we haven't seen before. And Charlie ran down a couple of movies, and I was like, well, you know, I've seen Maximum Overdrive. That'd be a fun one. But, you know, if we, I've seen it. I've seen, you know, this. And, you know, and then eventually we kind of settled on Lawnmower Man, and it turned out you guys hadn't seen it either. Yeah, no. So, all four of us, just going completely blind into this completely <laughs> insane movie. Yes. <laughs> what a trip. I'm sorry. As, as I said like before, like preemptively, I apologize for being the one to suggest this movie. <laughs> this I is... Really and also, it. and I'm sorry to like ruin your, your month too, but this is only like <laughs> arguably a horror movie. There is like maybe 10 minutes where it's a slasher. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sci-fi horror elements. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, this movie's a lot of things. I think we should say that. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. And I think it's funny that, uh, you know, last week uh, for our first Guest Makes My Scream, our guest made us watch Peeping Tom, which is just this incredible classic of the horror genre, (laughs) influential. It is like, you know, people cite this movie as uh, as an influence for years and years to come. And now we're watching The Lawnmower. (laughs) 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 Which uh, my basic familiarity with this movie was from an episode of Community uh, in like season six of that show. Were you you guys Community fans at all? Yeah. Uh, For the first few seasons. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you may have missed the season six episode, uh, which is the Yahoo season. But there's an episode <laughs> in season six of Community where uh, Jim Rash, Dean Pelton, uh, gets a virtual reality helmet. He gets like this system sent to the thing. And he is basically just inside Lawnmower Man. It's a Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I am not uh, he's, surprised. Like, yeah, worlds within worlds. And that's all I could think about watching <laughs> The Lawnmower Man. Because it is like an exact one-to-one recreation of a lot of the CGI elements of The Lawnmower Man yeah. that they do in that episode. Other than that, I really didn't know much about The Lawnmower Man, except for the fact that uh, on our Jeff Goldblum podcast, we we reviewed a movie that the director had made, which uh, which was a couple years after Lawnmower Man. It was called Hideaway, uh, which was based on a Dean Koontz novel. <laughs> <laughs> He downgraded from Stephen King to Dean Koontz, basically. Yeah. That's how we uh, feel, too. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was Dean Koontz's novel about an electronic typewriter gone crazy. <laughs> But Hideaway was a weird one, and it was also a movie that used that kind of janky 90s CGI effects that the Lawnmower Man had. That was this guy's Uh, specialty. He did this. He did Virtuosity. Virtuosity also. (laughs) Same director. This was his thing. Did he do Food Fight? Uh, (laughs) I wish. That would actually be a great capper to the career of Brett Leonard. Uh, (laughs) A real auteur, if you think about it. I mean, look look at his influences. He influenced Food Fight. Right. It was exactly. it was hard to take all of that seriously, and maybe I'm spoiled because I've grown up in the world of you know, like you know, I you know, I watched like the Mario trailer right before this, and I'm like, look how far animation has come. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and just like, I don't know, this is definitely a movie that could benefit from a modern remake with modern CGI. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it may have been like, you know, cutting edge at the time. I'm not oh, sure, sure it even necessarily was. I can't <laughs> imagine a time where, I couldn't imagine a time in America where that was the cutting edge technology. I we're, We were better than I, that. You're, you're, you know what, you're right, because a year before this was Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh, which, you know... Uh, groundbreaking, incredible CGI. Year after this was Jurassic Park. Like just right in the middle, it's the long arm. <laughs> do you think weird do you think, virtual reality worlds? Do you think Brett Leonard and Steven Spielberg ever like met, just like at an awards thing and just like talked shop a little bit? Like that was, that was so. pretty good. But did you ever see the giant lawnmower mouth eating a brain that I did? I loved that part. That was trippy for me. The final scene, like the final long animated scene with like the facial expression. That's gonna oh, yeah. stick in. That's gonna be in my yes. dreams for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, so the Lawnmower Man is the movie we're talking about today, uh, which apparently uh, Stephen King actually had his name taken off of. <laughs> Um, oh, really? I don't know if you guys saw this. No. Uh, wow. So, so in the 90s, this movie came out in 92. Uh, in all the promotion for the movie, it was called Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. Oh. Uh, until Stephen King saw like a test screening of the movie, thought that it was completely unlike the short story that was based. Like it was so far off, far removed from what he had written uh, in his short story that he successfully st- sued the studio to take his name off the movie. Wow. Because the uh, short story, for the record, is about a guy who hires a lawn cutting service, the Greek god Pan shows up with a robot. So yeah, a little bit different. A little, right? <laughs> little different. It's no no cyberpunk flowers for Algeron. Like, like it is. <laughs> I think it was must have been like a different script. I feel like like an like to get on the Halloween theme, like Igor like was like, oh, go grab the brain of this Stephen King story. Like, oh no, you brought me Lawnmower Man. Quick, put the label on it. Like, this had to have been something like it. We got the Abby normal version yeah. of the Stephen King story. I mean, that is essentially what happened, and he was not happy about it, so he got his name <laughs> off of the project. Uh, so it was just released as The Lawnmower Man. I believe he had to sue them again when it hit home video Ooh. because they started calling it Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man again. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Dedicated. They were just uh, trying, trying so they, they hard. They really wanted. But the movie, I guess, must have done well enough to get, warrant a sequel. There is a sequel to this movie uh, oh. called The Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace, in which there's only one returning actor, and it's Austin O'Brien, the kid in this movie. He's the one that comes back. <laughs> uh, which, Mike, Mike D., I don't know, do you do you recognize uh, Austin O'Brien? Do you remember who that is? Um, It's a movie we've covered on this podcast before. Is Ooh. it the kid from My Girl 2? You are correct. It Got is. It. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Also the kid from Last Action Hero. I mean, he's, oh, he's, yeah. he's that kid, <laughs> which What's is wild. But uh, he also yeah. is in the, uh, the Charles Band produced Prehysteria. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> there you go. That was a, a like on lock renting from Blockbuster every time I went movie for me. That <laughs> was like five. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it since then. Nice. But yeah, so just funny that he was the only one that came back uh, for this movie. I believe like the the characters are the same. It's just not Jeff Fahey. It's not Pierce Brosnan. It's other people. And it was released in theaters. It came out. um, and Unbelievable. Spectacularly, I believe. Uh, Oh, yeah. So yeah, we're getting into The Lawnmower Man. First, before we do all that, I'm going to play the trailer in a second. Got to tell people that all the theme songs they're going to hear this episode were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own theme songs at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. Logo designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at fearlessguard on Twitter. Twitter, and if you ever want to contact us, find someone did in the show, uh, you can tweet at us over at Mike and Mike Pod. And now it's time for the Lawnmower Man. Job Smith is the Lawnmower Man. A man. Joe, 
Come on, boy, let's go. Grass is waiting for you. With the mind of a child. Yeah, Cybo Man, he came to see me. Cybo Man? Comics, right? Yeah, Cybo Man. <laughs> and the doctor. Virtual reality holds a key to the evolution of the human mind. With a vision of the future. I have a game in my house that you might like to play. Would you like that? Yeah. Okay. That was really bad. I have different games. I even have one that could help make you smarter. Now, Job Smith is about to enter the world of virtual reality. Ah, it's gonna hit no, me! No, no, Job, just relax. It's gonna be like being up there with the stars, Job. They're going to another planet. His mind is like a clean, hungry sponge. I just graduated to the next level, Job. You're not the one, old man. You've certainly changed. I don't know how you did it, but I approve. Absorbed Latin yesterday in less than two hours. Job, where are you? Job. A world where the normal course of events can suddenly turn inside out. You realize, Dr. Angelo, that my intelligence has surpassed yours. The imaginary becomes real. Trying to get inside my head, Joe. You can't hide anything from me, Dr. Angelo. And reality. We have no idea what he's going to do. Is all in your mind. The Lawnmower Man. That was from the trailer for The Lawnmower Man, uh, directed by Brett Leonard, written by Brett Leonard and, Gil- and Gamel Everett, uh, starring Jeff Fahey, Pierce Brosnan, Jenny Wright, Jeffrey Lewis, Jeremy Slate, Dean Norris, Austin O'Brien, and Troy Evans, and was released in 1992. Uh, so, Charlie, I'm going to start with you, since uh, I saw your letterbox review, which was a one-star review that was just the word, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> And it sounds like you might have, like, the least favorable take on this movie out of the four of us. So uh, what did you think of The Lawnmower Man? <laughs> this movie's bad. This is a bad movie. This is <laughs> this is such clearly a movie that has, like, I, I think, like, such, like, a post-production chop job on it. The levels of ADR in this movie where people, you can yeah. see them clearly not talking, but them just, like, <laughs> saying things that explain the plot. That, and I'm going to say that the relationship between Job and that neighbor lady, like, talking about a remake of this movie, you would have to cut, like, that woman should be in prison. That, like... (laughs) Yes. Here's the thing. There are things that I did like about this movie. Pierce Brosnan is... I've always a fan of Pierce Brosnan. I'm always happy when he shows up in something. Uh, He looks so sexy in certain parts of this movie. Like, when he has his glasses off and his hair is, like, all wet and he's shirtless for some reason. It was, like... This is what I love. This is what I love about this man. He's delivering so much more than this movie deserves, basically, in his performance. <laughs> yeah, I saw that he couldn't do the sequel because of him doing Gold and I, so thank God. <laughs> Fair enough. Eliza, it sounds like you were a little bit more positive with Lawnmower Man. What'd you think? I did. I am a little bit younger than Charlie, less jaded when it comes to these genres, so a little bit more starry-eyed. Um, I agree that Pierce Brosnan was the shining star of this. I love this. This is only my second Pierce Brosnan movie ever. Only other one I've seen is Mars Attacks. And wow. the, 
Um, and the Treehouse of Horror episode where he plays Hal. Uh, those Ooh, are the right. only yeah. Yeah. computer house. Those I mean, the, th- those those are the big three uh, Pierce Brosnan yeah. performances. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was what? John Bond is that? Is that the name of that spy? Uh, something, yeah. something like that. Jimmy, Jimmy um, Bond. Jimmy Bond. <laughs> <laughs> But I like this because it's a good Stephen King. Like, it has all the Stephen King tropes. Got religion is the enemy. We're exploiting the mentally handicapped. And there's a kid named Peter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also the, the big three. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. The big three. <laughs> three things that you will hear on our podcast. We say those are very Stephen King. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I did enjoy it. I again, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because I was I didn't hold it up against Jurassic Park in terms of CGI. I was like, this must have just been the best that technology had to offer at the time. I've been playing a lot of Sims lately, so my bar is really low when it comes to animation <laughs> and facial expressions. I did enjoy it though. I really did. There were so many cringe moments that I can't wait to get to. So many things that didn't make any sense, but a lot of good one-liners in my opinion yeah yeah okay all right mike d uh so we told charlie this i don't i think eliza missed this uh right before the podcast but uh mike d you accidentally watched the uh two hour and 20 minute director's cut of the lawnmower man oh wow (laughs) yes i can't even imagine because it wasn't more Uh, cgi probably they added because they couldn't afford that yeah (laughs) Like there's there's no ADR in my version. Um, like they just put everything in. Um, oh no! Yeah. Oh no! It, so like I started watching it and I didn't really like notice the progress bar or the runtime or anything until it was 20 minutes in and we're still dealing with this chimp in a shed. Oh and I was like, this God. feels like a really long first act. What's happening? Uh, and I went on Wikipedia and saw that I was watching the two hour 20 minute director's cut. Uh, and at that point, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to buckle in and watch this. And <laughs> probably, like, not worth it in any way. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was baffled. Even I feel like even in 1992, there's too much of Pierce Brosnan talking to this, like, 13-year-old boy, like, come in my basement and play video games. <laughs> that was real uncomfortable. Um for the, I feel like even in 1992, that was too much. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, overall, it's just it's it. This is just a shit show. But it made me ha- like I could picture the ver- the experience of watching this in a theater or something, or having beers with my friends and being like you know yelling at the screen and having a having a really good time with it. But alone for two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't, it wasn't really up to snuff, you know? Yeah, the, the theatrical version, about like an hour 45. So you really got like a good chunk. And most of it is like that chimp, I think. You're watching, I think, yes. Because in, in the theatrical version, there's like an opening scene with the chimp that like gets killed in like two minutes. Three minutes, right? yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. It's shot right you in suffered. the head three minutes. doesn't even escape the facility. You suffered yes. for nothing. <laughs> That's insane. Cybo Man yeah. is like the Roscoe is the most important part of the movie. We don't even know his name. We weren't even told his name. Yeah. He was just a chimp. <laughs> yeah. He was just a chimp. Yeah. Oh. Roscoe. It sounds like you grew really attached to uh, I can't believe Roscoe you, the, the, the heart of this movie is cut out of it. You learn his, his loves. You learn his aspirations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they took all that footage, I think, and did the first act of Dunstan Checks in with it. So. <laughs> 
He does look really cool though. He's got like a like a battle helmet with like a yeah. visor that retracts and stuff. Uh, and he's constantly using that in uh, in Job's like he, little shed at the church grounds. Mm-hmm. So do the chimp and Job meet in, in your oh, yeah. version? Yeah, he what? full on escapes. He full on escapes. He murders like three or four guards, full on escapes. It's hilarious. That's why I posted the 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 like a little panel from the Hellboy comics where it's like, is that a monkey? He's got a gun. <laughs> because Roscoe escapes, he steals a guard's gun, ends up at the church where Job lives and hides in his shed and he looks with his helmet on sort of like Cybo Man which is this comic book character that Job reads the comics from and he thinks that's who it is Uh, so Job takes him in and like hides him under the floorboards and the the, the cops the FBI or whatever the like government agency they work for, I forget. <laughs> Shows up and all this stuff, and it's like a whole standoff at the shed. And uh, they're like, "We promise we're not going to hurt him. Don't worry." It's Pierce Brosnan, like trying to, because he coax them out. Uh, and as soon as they come out of the shed, of course, the cops just open fire and blow Cybo Man slash Roscoe away. And it becomes like the whole the whole arc for for, so, for Job is always like, "You lied to me about that. What else are you What else are you lying to me about?" Holy uh, shit. She gets smarter later on in the so movie. So you watched a completely different movie, is what you're telling <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah, it took none of none of that is in the theatrical. No, it took two minutes. Pierce Brosnan gets a call. Hey, your chimp's dead. He tried to escape. <laughs> That's what the whole the fuck? fucking. That's all we got. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's mostly Pierce Brosnan being like, "God damn it, my chimp is dead. I need something else to experiment on." Here's how about this lawnmower, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Oh boy. <laughs> And then I guess the other 20 minutes they added is just the CGI stuff. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> <Is> the, <laughs> uh, wild. That's incredibly wild. Uh, and wow. my take on the lawnmower, man, uh, I had fun with it. It's bad, but it's <laughs> I yeah. had a it's fun, fun time. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not good. I, I wouldn't ever, like, recommend it to people. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I, think uh, I, I really want to talk about Jeff Fahey's performance, actually. Because, oh, my goodness. Uh, so <laughs> what a, Jeff what Fahey a shows work. up. Yeah. Jeff Fahey shows up as if he's, like, Ben Stiller doing Simple Jack <laughs> oh in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And I, I genuinely think, like, look, I did, like, a side-by-side, like, look at him in this movie and then looked at Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder doing Simple Jack. And, like, they're dressed the same. They have the same haircut. I was, like, oh. when I when I saw Tropic Thunder back in the day, I was thinking, like, okay, he's, like, riffing on, like, I Am Sam and that kind of thing, right? Like, that that whole stuff. And uh, I think he's really riffing on the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so Jeff and he did I win was, an Oscar for this role, so that does make sense. That does <laughs> that computes, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and so Jeff Fahey's doing that for like the first half hour of the movie, and uh, I was pretty glad it stopped being that for like yeah. you know once he became the lawnmower man or whatever. I guess he's always been the lawnmower man, but once he once he becomes limitless, once he becomes, <laughs> once he becomes Lucy, you know, it, yeah. it feels like the lawnmower man was really like ahead of its time in that way for like that wave of movies where it's like what if you unlocked the other 90% of your brain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, See, that's the uh, thing I think about this. Like this movie is such a, like a time capsule of a very specific time. Some of the stuff I, I did like, like when they're talking about like the internet, there's a line like by the year 2000, everyone will be connected to this thing. And I was like, holy shit. Like that, that's very prescient. The CGI and a lot of the themes, it's kind of like how like this and like Dark City and all these other movies all happened sure. and didn't really do anything. And then the Matrix happened that took all from that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is very prescient in that way, but also very, very of its time. Yes, uh, 100%. It is very much a time capsule movie. Like This, this is 1992. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. But yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's all right. I mean, it's, it's again, it's not good. It's pretty bad. Uh, and I get why Stephen King didn't want to be associated with this movie. <laughs> Which is saying something, like for Stephen yeah. King. Like, he's kept his yes. name on some garbage. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, and he's also pretty open about the stuff that he doesn't like. And, you know, very famously doesn't like the movie version of The Shining, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's too different from his book. Whenever they, like, go to, it's, a, it's not that, like, if a, if a thing is good or bad, I don't think Stephen King really cares. But if they differ from his source material, he's mm-hmm. like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is too bad, because as Liza and I can attest to, like, he has a lot of really bad stuff that should be cut out of all of his stories. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> Including this one. Um, yes. Like, there's a, there's yes. too, too much, he puts a lot of domestic violence in his stuff, uh, which is always really hard to watch. But they usually get their, as we say on the podcast, their comeuffins. And so that's always really nice. It's pretty hard to watch. I don't know. I think that we're four people who appreciate bad movies. So, like, this was fun. True. And, True. But yeah. definitely, like you said, watching it alone. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. the, thing that, the thing that made me laugh, like, speaking of Jeff Fahey's performance, and so he's portrayed in, in the version that I saw where he doesn't befriend a cyber ape and have a whole motion <laughs> mark with him. In the version I saw, uh, when, he's... In, when Act 1 wasn't cut out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's really good. Uh, he has a developmental disability, but he's really good with mechanics. Or he's portrayed as being really good at mechanics, and he builds this super lawnmower, except the exhaust port is pointed straight up. Yes. Like, it is like a straight up, just right in the face. Just, it's a lawnmower yeah. that gets like, you wow, high. That's, that's brilliant. And every time he's pushing it, I'm just like, maybe this is what's making him smarter. Maybe it's all this lawnmower exhaust that's giving him the superpowers. <laughs> this leaded gasoline pouring out of his lawnmower. <laughs> that would be an incredible twist at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, lead, leaded gasoline does two things. It makes bird eggs very thin, and it gives uh, lawnmower men super internet powers. <laughs> Why are we not exploiting this? Yeah. <laughs> this could change the world. This is incredible. Yeah, Silent King, Spring was again. all about the lawnmower man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the way like the lawnmower man's power, like so you know he becomes smarter, he becomes more fit, all that kind of stuff throughout the movie. Uh, and then like at the halfway mark or whatever, he starts exhibiting like you know psychic abilities and mental abilities. And I was like, oh yeah, Stephen King. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this is very. This is very Stephen King. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Stephen King story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I remember, I remember thinking that uh, when I saw The Black Phone earlier this year, uh, and there's, like, you know, a character that is communicating with the dead, and somebody else has, like, psychic abilities in their dreams. And I was like, oh, yeah, this seems like something that the son of Stephen King wrote. <laughs> 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 you know, it's all True. it all just comes back around. But, yeah, it's just... You know, there's moments where he's just like controlling the lawnmower, like from the distance, where he's just like standing on the porch and just like making the lawnmower go on its own, like he's gone beyond the physical realm. You know, he's gone, he's gone beyond uh, cyberspace, which I think is the sequel ty- subtitle. That, that yeah. is the name of the sequel. Yes, he doesn't uh, and, try. He doesn't really hide it or anything. He's just standing there with his arms crossed, just telekinetically yes. moving this fucking lawnmower. Sometimes no wearing the Tron questions. suit. True. Yes. yes. <laughs> So you guys wanted to talk about uh, the relationship that happens between Job and Marnie, played by Jenny Wright, in the movie, right? Oh. I certainly do. I, I, I yeah. so. I mean, so, so again, so he is he 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 is a ward of the Catholic Church, where he is he he lives in a shed and is abused by this terrible priest. This priest who is most sorry, Mikey, but like mostly spouting ADR, just like. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever he's going, there was one time, like the priest specifically, it was like heading into the church to confront Job over something. And his mouth is not moving, but he's just monologuing as he's heading up there. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, incredible. He works uh, for this this delightful 
leprechaun of a man who runs a, a, a landscaping business. Uh, and so he heads up, he does some lawn mowing, and then there's this neighbor who just is like watching this charity case, developmentally disabled man mowing the lawn, and she's like, I'm going to fuck that. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I am going to go downtown on, on that man. I mean, you don't understand, Charlie. Uh, he's hot now. That's the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We can tell that his... his uh, de- he, we can tell that he developed his powers and everything because he combed his hair and he's good at sex. That's, that's how it works. True. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with that, that scene when they first meet and it's just like, you know, they, they I think you see them earlier where she's like, he's mowing their lawn, whatever. And then they're at the gas station and she like sees him like, you're the lawnmower man? Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, and then like a few minutes later, like he's mowing her lawn, and you see her like you know just in a shirt, like holding lemonade, like in the window. <laughs> <laughs> come hither, lawnmower man. <laughs> like, come here. Uh, yeah, it's it's wild. It is, it is a truly wild relationship between the two though, that that develops between the two of them. And gets and even gets to the point where he um to make it make it even stranger. Like so, they have that, and then he's like, "Well, I'm going to turn you into a into a beyond cyberspace, also." Yes. but it breaks her brain. <laughs> And, yeah. and she kind of leaves the movie. Like, I'm yeah. wondering if there's not more of her in the director's cut because she kind of like disappears from the movie at a certain point. Like, one of the cops, like, oh yeah, uh, she was arrested last night. Poor girl's insane forever. Yeah. <laughs> Just That's yep. what happens in the director's cut too, Mike. There's no, there's no, no further to her story. No, yeah. He, the cop says like, oh, you know, she was arrested and she hasn't stopped laughing since. Guess she's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Schizo- she's gone. Schizophrenia, as he says. Yeah, exactly. Schizophrenia. Amazing. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. I mean, that whole sequence is insane. Everything involving him in the virtual reality is just completely bug nuts. Uh, and seeing the progression of that with Pierce Brosnan, I think, I think what, what Pierce Brosnan does is bring this movie a kind of center where I can watch it. Like, I, I feel like... He really classes the join up. Yeah, without without his character, without his performance, I feel like this movie would be virtually uh, unwatchable. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh but you know, and the movie uh, the movie opens. I guess it doesn't open like this in the director's cut, but it opens for us uh, after the chimp dies, uh, where he's in his basement and his wife leaves him, uh, and she's just like, <laughs> like it's like you know, thirty those- minutes into the version I watched. <laughs> oh my god! You're never getting. Does that she time leave back. him because of the ape murder? No. Uh, basically, yeah. Oh, really? Because that's not what happens in this version. <laughs> well, I mean, he like throws himself into his work, and she's like, "Ever well, since yes. that thing, you don't you don't pay attention yeah. to me anymore," kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm young. Like what's what's next? Fucking in the machine, or you know, she does the Marissa like Tomei speech from yep. uh, my cousin Vinny. My biological <laughs> clock is going like this, Pierce. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So she she leaves him, and Pierce Brosnan is just like this, you know, handsome scientist living in his basement with uh, his shirt unbuttoned for a long long part of that. Right. I'm occasionally inviting over the lawnmower man and this child <laughs> to <laughs> play video games in the basement. Yes, to play video games in the basement and uh, measuring like their mental acumen as they do it and then eventually he starts bringing the lawnmower man in on these experiments and uh, the lawnmower man starts getting smarter and Pierce Brosnan I think the way he kind of like you know he anchors the movie he is illustrating what's happening with Job and how he's getting smarter and you know how this is like you know he, he plays a very good like frazzled scientist whose like work is going beyond his wildest dreams and I think that's like you know it's a good mode for him to be in and I think he delivers that in this movie. Mm-hmm. No it's just really good I just agree that he does center it. I enjoyed Jeff Fahey's performance uh, but a lot of it is just in the face. He just has very striking face, good body, you know, so there's nothing to complain about there. Um, And I think that his delivery of certain lines, once he, like you said, Charlie, no pun intended, flowers for Algernon, once he gets up there and starts, you know, being smart Job, um, his delivery is just so unsettling. (laughs) Just so 
so like <laughs> even and quiet and I don't know. It's right. very strange. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's, he's the new God of the internet is basically <laughs> yeah. what he is, right? That's what <laughs> he becomes at the end of the movie. Uh, now have you, Charlie, have you read the, uh, the lawnmower man, the short, the short story? Uh, I believe I read it years ago and okay. I was thinking about rereading it for the show, but decided not to, uh, just because yeah. I saw it was so different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Fair enough. Eliza, have you read the uh, the short story? No, but I'm hugely looking forward to it now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to see what it is. So, yes. Yes, yeah, stay tuned for so, our season night shifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, obviously hugely different. I mean, you said you said it like involved the Greek god Pan? Like, yeah, the Greek the god Pan shows up, as I understand, like with a robot and mows the guy's lawn and then like, oh, you can't witness this happening until you get killed. That's kind of like there's one line where where the uh, this this Irish this delightful Irish uh, uh, gardener says, "Oh, if you listen, you can hear the patents of pipe playing in the grass." And like that might be the one connection to their short story they were able to get into, like <laughs> enough to call it Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man, like to make it right. an actual adaptation. That is the the one thing. I think I like that the Irishness of the gardener really stuck with you because he's the brother of the priest that is right. housing Job, and the brother has, right. aside from his name, the brother has nothing Irish about him. No, yeah. he's just a priest. The most the most Irish thing he could be, but he doesn't have the accent. I he also, right. I, I, I want to say about his the priest. Um, something that came up. Uh, one of the big ADR lines that he has, or I, be, I believe it's ADR something he says, where he says that oh Job, he brings the wrath of the Lord on himself like his namesake, which. If you've read the Bible, which I have, that's not the <laughs> story of have. Job. The story of Job is the, the God and the devil make a wager if they can ruin this guy's life. And then <laughs> oh and then God. he loves God so much that he gets rewarded by having a whole new family. So this like <laughs> metaphor he makes about Job, which that's not the story of Job from the Bible. This the story is he put was suffering put under a lot of suffering and he never cursed God's name and he got rewarded for it because the devil uh-huh. can just like do wagers with God. <laughs> I have not read the Bible. But, <laughs> Bible's weird, man. Yeah. Um, the only Job I know is from Arrested Development and that was definitely in my head this entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. this needs oh, the guy tricks. in the $3,000 lawnmower man suit is... Yeah, <laughs> is exactly. Come on! <laughs> there's a bag, I'm sorry, there's a bag in the fridge that says dead chimpanzee on it. <laughs> Do not eat. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know what I was expecting. Pierce Brosnan there. Incredible. Uh, uh, we should talk about Job's uh, killing spree that he goes on. Yes, Terminator Job. I love Job. it. I yes. love Terminator it. Terminator Job. Yeah, this is when this is after he has taken Marnie uh, in and she's like broken her brain and but he has like ascended to like a new level of consciousness and so he's just killing like basically killing all the people that have wronged him over the course of the movie uh, and so you have I think he kills the priest right he kills the priest sets yep. him on fire uh, he also yes yeah, sets him on fire sets him on <laughs> Windows ninety five yeah, fire exactly. yeah. yes. <laughs> he said he, I think he, there is a, you, there's a moment where you see the priest like on fire walking around like look like, just like <laughs> yeah. just like skeletal movements and it's it's very weird they couldn't i guess get very because the, the arms itself and i know this is not a medium but like the arms themselves as he's burning are just kind of like waving in the air like he just don't care like <laughs> <laughs> they could have done practical yes. effects for that like i mean they didn't I, I don't know if they were trying to convey oh he does have cyber powers let's not forget this is cyber fire like i get right. that but like guys you could have just used fire <laughs> Just fire suit fire. would have improved this movie a hundred percent. They did it in Wizard yeah. of Oz. You could do it here. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So he, kill, he kills the priest. That's him on fire. He also kills the guy at the gas station too. Uh, the, this guy, which, who in in the version that we watch is introduced by he's smoking at the gas station, and Job says, "Hey, you shouldn't do that. That's dangerous." And he's like, "Well, I'm a dangerous bully. I'm escalating way too far." <laughs> 
but then like in the next scene they reveal that he works at the gas station like yeah. like the <laughs> shitty guy smoking cigarettes is like oh, I'm gonna do whatever Th- that guy I could not believe that was his job I could not believe uh, Jake is his name uh, he works yes. at the gas station and he has this great line where he's outside and, and Job shows up with the lawnmower and the way that he says to him hey what you gonna do some night lawn mowing was such a <laughs> yeah Garth Marenghi esque line or a take on that a read and on then that. And then he did because he lawn mowed his brain, which I personally enjoyed the hell out of. I thought that that it, was incredible. It was, yeah. it was a big fan, and not even like in a bad movie kind of way. Like uh, it, it worked. Like the bad sort of not, you know, two steps below Uncanny Valley. Not realistic enough to be Uncanny right. Valley yeah. facial expressions, but. I don't know. I, that was plenty eerie to me, but I, I am also yeah, you, you easily see, like, amused. The C, you see like the CGI Job's face like pop yeah. up in his eye, right? With and then the, you see the lawnmower go over his brain. Just like with the lawnmower <laughs> mouth. I was just like, I was sitting dark in my apartment and I just went, whoa. <laughs> see, there's the tattoo. I think if anyone's going to ever get a tattoo from this movie, it would have to be that image, right? The lawnmower man mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I that's think that's, I, that's probably fair. Yeah, that's a good one. I like yes. that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he kills that guy. Does he kill another person? Is it is that like a third person he kills here too? The abusive uh, guy next door. The, the yeah. guy just like the cartoonishly the abusive father. Oh, yeah, that guy. He <laughs> just like gets home and just like starts smacking his kid <laughs> just immediately. He kills starts him roughing the, them up. With the Chekhov's lawnmower. With the uh, old red, yeah. big red, whatever they call it. Uh, oh, yes. Which I, I think love it. I'm going to say best scene, I think, in the movie. And the one like very like during this sequence where he's going on this kill spree like oh right horror movie like this is the yeah. horror part of it and like that lawnmower just like going through his house was such an inventive i think kind of way to do that like just like that like it's like he's playing the floor is made of lava but there's a lawn there's a monster lawnmower on the ground that is going to destroy him <laughs> which also uh and this is something i noticed too later on his wife and the kid like are driving out to uh the secret government facility with a bad font and their <laughs> right. car is super fucked up yeah and i have no idea where that happened except maybe in the lawnmower scene like maybe it got fucked up in that scene but they just opened a damaged car that is not set up right mike is that in the director's cut at all yeah um they don't show why it's damaged either uh it just, it <laughs> just is uh, and Probably. I kind of chalked it up to like the Stephen King, like suburban decay, dark underbelly thing. We're like, I look, mean, this perfect house. But but really, they have a, like a shitty car. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sure. Because like they really present this family as like down on their luck and kind of poor. But they're in like the rich neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like Pierce Brosnan lives in a mansion. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a very nice place that he lives in. And then after this killing spree, so, uh, you know, Job has gone back to the facility where the lawnmower man's stuff is. uh, And he's like plugged in and he's like, you know, becoming one with the Internet. And Pierce Brosnan has recruited the kid and also the kid's mom, who I don't think has been in the movie up to this point. And now she's like a major character in the climax. Oh, they have some Uh, spicy chemistry. <laughs> in my version, I mean, you know, at the at the end of the movie, it seemed like you know there he's going with the kid and his mom, right? And there and there, it seemed like he and the mom might be in a relationship or whatever, yeah. uh, just based on like the the very few things that we saw. Um, but I don't think she's in the movie at all until the climax. I mean, the what? Cut. what? <laughs> okay, so uh, what about your no? What about your version, Mike D? Like, what do we got? Yeah, she. Uh, so it's like a whole thing where where uh, after Pierce Brosnan's wife has left, they're talking about Peter and like what a good mom she is and like all this stuff and and she's kind of like twirling her hair and is like well I think you'd be a really good father too uh, kind of oh. it's like one of those kind of things 
Uh, and he's like, well, maybe one day. And he like kicks a rock. And then, <laughs> not really, but it's like that kind of scene. Uh, and they have so a couple moments, yeah, a couple moments <laughs> like that, and then, and then, yeah, at the end of the movie, like they for sure all ride off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. Yes, which they do, which they do in this movie, but without any of the lead up with <laughs> <Yeah>. their characters. <laughs> they just yes. trust. Oh, the sure, we're in a movie. We got, I guess, we got to pair off. Like we yeah. are. <laughs> For our survival. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm honestly okay with that because I couldn't put up with the amount of disgusting kissing that Job and Marnie were doing. They oh, were like God. clicking while they were kissing. Like, it was so strange. And then the the CGI, I, I was like, this can't get any grosser. And then they went into the cyberverse and started kissing and like, there was like a oh. <laughs> Their mouths became like an eel. Like it was. Yeah. I could not handle that. I, I could not handle more of is, that. Babe. No. And then they was... meld together and turn into a Masters of the Universe villain. Like they yep. turn into just like <laughs> yes. this weird, creepy monster. Like an all real monsters monster for like like thirty seconds, and then it's out. And I'm like, well, that's going to come back. <laughs> no. What if it? They literally made a beast with two backs in cyberspace. They, they did. They did. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. And it's like, lost lost enough control laughing about it that my headphones just fell off. Uh, yeah, no, it is uh, it is wild. Look, this movie like posits like, ah, oh, this is the future of everything. It's the future of sex. And it's just like these like two CGI blobs mashing against each other. It's like Pepsi Man. It's like Pepsi Man fucking Pepsi Man is what it looks like. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's incredible. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, any other scenes that you, you guys want to bring up? Any other like specific stuff in the Lawnmower Man that you feel like we need to we need to address in this? I mean, I do like because because like this movie wasn't like really that scary to me. Like you said, it wasn't really that much of a scary movie. But the end when Job is getting into the when he's getting past all of the agents and everything and starts this like golf ball sized particle displacement and like he, he will dissolve people and send their yeah. particles off. That was genuinely scary to me. Like watching yourself like Marty McFly disappear and then go off into the yes. universe. And then later he does it to like Dean Norris is second in command or whatever, whoever that guy is. And he's just, yeah. he's just a human washing machine. He's just like spinning in circles going, ah, <laughs> terrified. That was genuinely scary to me. It didn't look good, but like the, the concept <laughs> of it was pretty scary yes, to con- me. It, yeah. Conceptually, it's a scary idea. An execution. Yes. Like that's not yeah. so much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, also, I mean, shout out to Dean Norris in this movie, who was yeah. just like a character actor in the 90s at this point and would just be <laughs> usually popping up as like a gruff cop or whatever. And that's how he kind of became famous on Breaking Bad as Hank, right? And he was like uh, just like this blue collar dude. He's great. Uh, and in this, he has like has this like lilting accent that he's put down for some reason. And he smokes a pipe. that I cracked yes, up so hard when I saw him loading up a pipe to smoke. I don't know why. Like, that was so funny. <laughs> It just felt so out of character from everything else I've seen Dean Norris do. Uh, just super surreal. Speaking of character actors, uh, one of my favorite scenes, the one I think made me laugh the hardest, is character actor Troy Evans shows up as... From uh, Missoula. What's that? Troy Evans from Missoula. Mm -hmm. He uh, Mm -hmm. is from Missoula, yeah. Yep. Uh, He is uh, a Missoulian. Whenever he shows up, always very excited. Happy to see him in this. He plays exposition cop. And there's this scene where after uh, Job has gone on his murder spree, Pierce Brosnan comes to the tape and the guy says, he can't come in. Oh, I'm the neighbor. Oh, come on in. I'm going to tell you about everything that happened last night. Here's here's all the murders that have happened in detail. I should not be giving you. And there's this fucking like Ed Wood cop standing behind them. Just just giving just this exposition of all of these things. Uh, But yeah, shout out to Troy Evans for just like, giving these great readings of these lines about, uh, yeah, like, as Mike D said, like, oh, she lost her mind and she's laughing and must be schizophrenia. Like, <laughs> yeah. so good to see, to see a, 
an alum of the city of many shoulders in this movie. Yes, absolutely. Mike D, any uh, any scenes that you want to bring up? I feel like there's a good chance if you bring up a scene, we won't have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really got to go find those first 20 minutes and find out about about Cybo Man and Roscoe. Um, I still can't believe there's like 20 full minutes of the chimp escaping. Yeah, it's like the whole thing. <laughs> Um, let's see the, the whole, the whole scene where, um, where Job goes back to the like facility and he like is, you know, becoming one with the internet or whatever, but he's like, has sure. also rigged the whole place to explode. Or I think that might've been right. Pierce Brosnan. I don't really know. It kind of gets confusing at the end there. I, I think Brosnan rings it to explode. Uh, cause he, he's trying to get rid of Joe. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it's just very funny that like Peter and his mom like are parked outside and he's like, I'll, you know, I'll be right back. And then Peter just like his mom falls asleep immediately and Peter gets out of the car and runs in. <laughs> is like part of that whole climax in the version I watched at least in yeah. in the facility with the bombs and stuff. So I, I don't think the mom is asleep in our version. <laughs> what? Uh, no, oh she, yeah, she not... just, he says, I'm going to go in and she, no, that's right. I made a note about that somewhere because he's like, I got to go be part of the third act, mom. And she's like, have fun, sweetie. Like... <laughs> In my version, maybe, maybe she I did. Just, uh, she just in my version, she did like lean her head against the car door, and it lo- doesn't look like she was asleep. She was like just kind of ah, getting a cat nap. Uh, but her son <laughs> opened and closed the car door without anything happening. And this is an average Friday night for her. This isn't too yeah. stressful. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a crazy situation. No, yeah, exactly. she's passed out behind the wheel pretty often. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been maybe stressful. maybe I just rationalized it. Like she had to have been asleep. Right. <laughs> Her son just got out of the car and ran into the facility. Right, and she does not. She stays behind. Yes, like she. <laughs> Yeah, there's the whole sequence uh, where the facility is like ready to explode. Peter goes in there and they're trying to get rid. Like, like I think Pierce Brosnan goes into the internet and try, tries to get Job out of there, but it's not working. So they leave and the building explodes. And it seems like Job may have been killed in the explosion. Right. However. But then, but then, but then twist. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you see them at their house, like at, at uh, Pierce Brosnan's house, and they're going to like take off and ride into the sunset. And then the phone ring. And then you hear another phone ring. And then all the telephones around the world start ringing. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Probably it's about the birth a lot. Of Twitter. <laughs> Probably a lot less poignant than what they were going for. Uh. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Uh, and I think if the, if there was no sequel, I think that might have been like, okay, like it's yeah. still a bad movie, but it might have been like an, a an haunting, you know, t- mm-hmm. tale about what the dangers of the internet might be. But then there's a sequel that presumably just follows that up. So it's like, well, uh, what's, like, I don't even know where you go from there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly. Uh, man, what, what would Twitter be like if Job was part of Twitter? Charlie, do you, do you have any Listen, ideas? I'm going to say that there, I've been on Twitter for almost 12 years, and I'm not sure that he's not. I am absolutely <laughs> yeah. sure that there is Job some is sort of like of malevolent, super intelligent <laughs> god uh, trying yeah. trying their damnedest to uh, to just destroy civilization to make way for the new new age of ones and zeros. Anytime you see a bot on Twitter, that's Joe. That's Joe. That's where <laughs> that's they Job. come from. It's Jeff Fahey. <laughs> It's an incredibly ripped Jeff Fahey. Yeah. And it's actually Jeff Fahey. He went method for the movie and never came back. (laughs) Yeah, you work with Rob Zombie enough times, you just dissolve into a puddle of CGI. (laughs) How could you ever come back from that? True. Speaking of, next week on the podcast, The Munsters. Don't miss it. Uh, just throw that out there. Spoiler, uh, I liked it. I'll just say. I'll just preface this. I like that I, I, I know you're a fan. I, uh, I'll be watching it this week. I'm kind of excited to check it out. Mike D., you've been like watching Rob Zombie movies. Well, I, I watched uh, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and, and The Devil's Rejects. Um, okay. So I got to watch 
31 next. And then I've heard Roids of Salem is really good, so maybe I'll try and squeeze that in there. I don't know. Yeah, Charlie, you're not like a Rob Zombie fan, but you like the Munsters, right? Is that what it is? I'll, I'll say this about the movie, just to preface it. It's so weird that it is identifiably a Rob Zombie movie, despite being rated PG. Like, it is so <laughs> definably okay. a Rob Zombie. Like, you cannot confuse this for anyone else behind the camera. It is so <laughs> clearly that. And I think that much like... Um, another director that I'm not like really big on, but I have good feelings towards like M night Shyamalan, like sure. mm. you limit like that. Some directors need to be limited. And I think that when yeah. you limit Rob zombie, it's much less egregious. It's actually like, okay, he's actually can work within these confines and not be all over the place. Like he's still all over yes. the place, but it's inside a small box. It's more digestible. Yes. Mm. It's that, that's a hundred percent true for Shyamalan for sure. I'm glad that you mentioned Shyamalan. Uh, Cause I always mistake it as a Stephen King movie, the happening um, where there is a p- pretty great lawnmower death. <laughs> just want to oh, say. True. <laughs> pretty cool. Just, yeah. just going to lay down in front of this lawnmower. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yes, that that actually could be like a lost Stephen King movie. Like oh if you yeah, think about the happening. Like it just feels it feels very Stephen Kingy. And I remember that with the happening, what was so weird about that was uh, like after the reviews came out and everyone trashed it, and my Shyamalan was like, "No, don't you see? It was supposed to be bad." No, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> That's why God. I cast Brian O'Halloran in it. <laughs> God help me! I love that movie. Yeah. I have paid to rent it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. I would do it a third time. I've watched that movie two to three times. I love it. The the true mark of love is that you've rented it twice. Yep. Have not like have not dived into buying it, but you've rented it twice. (laughs) No, God, I don't want to get my hands dirty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Any uh, final thoughts with the lawnmower man before I start wrapping this thing up? I think I would say that Stephen King has influenced a lot of things, both good things and bad things. And it's pretty wild that we are alive during the time. I'm a, probably one of the most prolific writers in the English language that'll be around forever. And stuff like this kind of gets, you know, all under the umbrella. You know, it's not all, it's not all, it's not all great underneath here. And I think The Lawnmower <laughs> Man has its moments, but I think is a very difficult movie sometimes to watch. It's fun. I had, I had fun watching the bad movie. I would never recommend this to yeah. anyone. I would never say, <laughs> even as a joke, I would not say, hey, you should uh, watch Lawnmower Man. You and your friends have a good time. Like, no, right. I don't think I could do that. This is a one yes. and done for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Eliza. <laughs> I love it. I'm also I am with Charlie about the no recommendation thing because it is a thing with her and I, she and I, where we will prank our friends by inviting them over and making them watch a bad movie, such as the aforementioned food fight. That was a good night. Uh, <laughs> this this would not fall under those nights though. <laughs> this this one dragged on in places for sure. The animation did not make up for the bad parts, but overall thought it was a romp. Like I thought it had a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, but what you got to do is watch the longer version. But t- that's what really. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one more man, one point five eighth escape. <laughs> if we're hazing, um, absolutely, I'll do that, and then I'll watch all the uh, Planet of the Eight prequels. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> Mike D, any final thoughts on uh, The Lawnmower Man? Um, you know, this certainly was an experience, uh, one that I didn't intend to have <laughs> because I watched the longer <laughs> version by accident. Um, but this has been like, a this is a movie that like I have heard about probably all my life. We were like, oh, The Lawnmower Man and it's awful CGI and stuff. Uh, and I thought maybe, maybe the CGI would be like endearing in some way. And I don't, I don't know that it is. Yeah. It kind of, sort of. <laughs> Kind of, sort of, maybe. I would say it's endearing-ish. Yeah. yeah. Kind, of, kind of, sort of endearing. Yeah, can I ask, like Mike D, can I ask you, do you think you will ever watch the non-director's cut in your life? Do you think you're ever going to watch the shorter version of this movie? Are you curious? 
I'm so I'm very curious. I may have to like have an edible or two and just sit down and watch the the shorter version uh, just to know what it's like without that first act. And if that's the only like major thing cut out, what else is missing? Um, right? Because it's nuts. It's it's like forty five minutes, forty minutes longer. That's crazy. That, that um, is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Uh, but yeah, a lot, a lot more man. I think I think it's it, it's like a perfect encapsulation also of like Stephen King with like you know the kind of like prestige surface level stuff. Maybe not surface level, but you know what I mean. But to, D- dark down, deep underbelly stuff that, like, it, even in his oeuvre, there's stuff like the lawnmower man waiting for you. Right. Yeah. It hits all the uh, the Stephen King tropes, despite veering wildly differently from the actual Stephen King story that, yeah. that it is uh, trying to be. Uh, yeah. And now I can finally say that, uh, you know, I've seen the lawnmower man. Not that I was like, you know, man, I wish I could say I've seen the lawnmower man. <laughs> But, you know, having only really known about it through uh, that community episode, there's a line in that episode where, uh, you know, Jeff uh, says to Keith David, like, you ever seen Lawnmower Man? And Keith David's like, you bet your ass I've seen Lawnmower Man. <laughs> and uh, now I can say, you bet your ass I've seen Lawnmower Man. So there we go. Nice. <laughs> Good. And yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. So Charlie and Eliza, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks for uh, having me. Oh, my good at the movies. No. Uh, if you want to find you guys online or Tommy Knocking online, uh, where can they do that? They can find us at TommyKnockinPod.com. There is no G at the end of Tommy Knocking. I just want to be clear. And our podcast is on every major podcatcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything in between. Nice. Uh, going through every single Stephen King, or not every single Stephen King book, but going I through mean, just various books. We and, might. Uh, you know, one chapter at a time. We might. I, I don't we know might. if there uh, are enough months and years in our lives left to go through every single Stephen <laughs> King book, but God damn it, we're going to try. We're going to die trying. <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. We're going we're to get to the end of die books. trying. He He's is, still making stuff. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Unending content for us. Put us, put yeah. us to the algorithm. Let the content find go. who it may. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Eliza, do you have any personal socials you want to throw out there as far as that goes, or you want to keep that secret? Oh, oh heavens no. I'm a-okay. Pretty much anything that I do online is all Tommy knocking. It's it's all for you, Damien. I, I love it so much. <laughs> it's all for you, Gary. <laughs> it's all for you, Gary. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> that would have been better. Um, oh, yeah, no. You can find our, uh, what is what is our Twitter? Tommy knocking pod. Instagram, Tommy knocking pod. You know how, mm-hmm. you know how the internet works. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. Yes. And uh, Charlie, your personal uh, Twitter out there for anybody who wants to follow? Yeah, check me out. I'm on all the things that matter. I mean, I'm on all the things like someone who's almost 40 is on, which is like Instagram and Twitter, which is Charlie McCorn. I spell it super weird. Uh, My website is charliemccorn.com. I got my comic books on there. I got some uh, some live tour dates coming up on there. Come see me do comedy. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having us. We had a real blast. No, of course. Yeah. And if you're in Missoula, uh, the uh, for anybody listening, uh, the Trash Vault's Mystery Spooktacular happening in a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. A mystery screening uh, for Trash Vault this month. Uh, I think you told me what you thought it was going to be, but now it sounds like that may have changed. And so I actually don't know what the movie is now. Yeah, so the movie that we wanted, uh, as a lot of the films that we show for Trash Vault, the, the rights to them are highly suspect. Like, it's really <laughs> tough to... Say, oh, I really want to show this movie and then have to like go down the line of like, who has it? Who will let us do it? Right. And so the one movie specifically that we wanted to do, our our, uh, partner this month, AGFA, the American Genre Film Archive, great supporter of us and uh, cult films, uh, said like, oh yeah, we might have the rights for that by the time of your screaming, but we're not quite, I said screaming, but I meant it, by the time of your (laughs) screaming, but we weren't sure. And so we had a backup and then I think we got some confirmation on some stuff. And so we are going to show just one of the trashiest 
greatest, trashiest, trashiest horror movies of all time. Oh, and we're not going to tell you what it is until you get there. You're showing Lawnmower Man? Okay. <laughs> we're showing Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace. We're making these people sit through. We'll have a Q&A where we're going to show the 20 minutes of the first act of this movie that I've cut out. <laughs> But come see it. Like, this is a movie that people would not want to come to if they knew what it was. But you got to come to it because it's a great Halloween tradition. It's a great time. There's going to be a costume contest. There's going to be prizes, special guests, uh, that magic the trash vault always brings. Uh, So that's the 29th, last Friday, 9 p.m., The Witching Hour. Yes, I was there last year for the mystery screening, uh, which... Am I allowed to say what the mystery screening oh, is now? Last year. Year? Okay. Yeah, you can say last year. Yeah, la- last year was a Return of the Living Dead, uh, which nice. I had I had seen before, at, and my girlfriend had not, and uh, we were both just such big fans of that. Like I had seen it before just by myself, and watching it again, like with that crowd that was so like electrically charged, uh, and it was so much fun to watch that on the big screen. So yeah, Return of the Living Dead was last year. This year, who knows? Only yeah. Charlie knows. It's and, so uh, it's gonna... strange, but I will guarantee electrical charge. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's happening the twenty eighth of October, uh, a couple a couple weeks from now, Mike. Uh, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods plural because we have two podcasts yes we do you can find me online at uh, m smith film blog on twitter mike smith film on letterbox radio mike sandwich and instagram thanks so much for listening to mike and mike go to the movies i'm mike smith that's my decretio charlie mccorn and eliza stormborn uh don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts or any other podcast app and if you want to contact us you can tweet at us at mike and mike pod you can also find the rest of our podcast on rapture press alongside many other podcasts but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff so next week we'll be joined by ash from the horror vanguard podcast and uh they're going to make us watch Rob Zombie's The Monsters. (laughs) So yeah, Charlie was a fan. That's good. That's that's That's, good enough for me. That's an endorsement. (laughs) That's two people I know said they like it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, Charlie also liked Boarding House, right? So I think that's... (laughs) I'm just going to say my taste is generally pretty suspect. Like just, I like a lot of terrible things, um, myself included. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah, The Monsters next week. In the meantime, The Complete Works is back for season three. We're watching every single movie that Michelle Yeoh has ever starred in. And uh, this week, we just released our episode on Police Story 3 Super Cop uh, featuring Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan, which, uh, have you guys seen that movie? Because it rules. <laughs> I've only seen the first two. Oh, you've only seen the first two. Okay. The the final 20 minutes of Police Story 3 Super Cop are some of the most insane action set pieces I've ever seen in a movie. It's, yes. It's wild. It's Jackie Chan dangling from a helicopter, like just flying over Malaysia. Uh, just, <laughs> And it's like actually him doing it. You see the outtakes. It's wild. Uh, so yeah, that's out this week. And that is the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Charlie, Eliza, once again, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Our pleasure. All right. We'll see you on the other side.